Challenge lovers, welcome to The Challenge Historian, where we dive deep into all things MTV's The Challenge, past, present, or future, if it's happening in the Challenge universe, and we are here to document it. I am your host and dedicated Challenge Historian, Jacob Hollibaugh. Thank you so very, very much for being here with us today. On today's podcast, we are continuing the 2022 Challenge Series Rewatch by covering Season 3 Real World Road Rules Challenge 2000. We're talking about the state of the challenge at this time, basic stats and info, storylines from the seasons, things that aged the best, the worst, and of course, handing out some awards, including our third ever season MVP trophy. A lot to get to, so we are just going to straight on dive in and get to all the goodness. Let's go. Here we go. Take a little trip down memory lane, if you can, here, pending your age and when you fell in love with the challenge. Maybe you remember, maybe you don't. Way back when Y2K was upon us, January 2000. We were mere weeks removed from the end of, at that time, what felt like the first season of what would become the challenge or what was known for a season as the challenge. We now think of as the second season, Real World Road Rules Challenge. That had just ended in December 1999, and then boom, four weeks later, January 2000, we've hit Y2K, we've hit the new millennium, and we've hit a new season, and the franchise is really like legitimately here at this point. And we get Real World Road Rules Challenge 2000, the third ever season, or it would become to be known as the third season ever of the challenge, as we discussed a lot with the second season, and will occasionally come up here right now on this season. Uh, it it felt like this was the second season of the show because it felt like the second season was really the first, but now we call Road Rules All Stars number one, so this is the third season, but. The state of the challenge at this time, January 2000, is it was officially a recurring thing. The challenge itself, this format of real world and road rules, playing a new, brand new thing, is officially recurring. We're getting our second season of it. And not only that, but they knew all along we were always getting minimum two seasons. This was never something where season two happened, it went great, people liked it, and they decided to make season three. No, 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 because as we just said, this thing aired four weeks to the date almost. Actually, I think exactly four weeks after the second season finale aired. So they were filming these things back to back. They knew that it was going to be a reoccurring thing. And that was where the state of the challenge kind of was at. As for the two feeder systems of the show at this time, Road Rules and Real World, that they were pulling from, I, I will admit I'm uh, I'm not 100% as qualified to speak on this particular subject as I am on the challenge. But uh, at the time, I would say, in my slightly educated, slightly uneducated, that Road Rules was probably at the peak or had been at the peak of its popularity. It was maybe at the end of its peak of popularity as a show itself and as the, you know, the peak of the people on the shows being major stars on MTV and celebrities in their own right. That was kind of, they were at the end of their peak and was winding, starting to wind down almost a little bit, or maybe not even a little bit, kind of a lot of it. Uh, most of the seasons had aired at this point. They kind of slowly but surely, really, that, that one fell off a little quicker than Real World, which at the time in 2000 was just about to truly hit its peak. It had been a phenomenon um, it had, had a bunch of seasons so far. Everyone from it, as we saw, especially with tech, 
Um, his level of celebrity in this season will be something we talk about multiple times in this podcast, but many of them, the entire cast, Real World Road Rules, very much celebrities uh, in the world. These Both these shows are very popular, but Road Rules at the end kind of of its peak of popularity, Real World was just about to get to where it truly was the dominant thing there for a couple year stretch. You could probably argue depending what season you want to say that really started where they really got to like a 10 out of 10. This is one of the biggest, if not the biggest thing on television here for a minute um, that the real world was either right there about to be there. It was at the beginning of what would be a multi-year peak where it was, it was it. Um, and again, the, the celebrity, especially of someone like tech on this season of the challenge really showed how much people loved it. We saw it a little the season before, you know, with Kobe Bryant being a huge fan and being like, Nate, why you want to talk to me? I want to talk to you. You know, so that's where the real world was at. That's where the road rules at challenge. It's the second season of this version. It's a reoccurring thing. And they knew they had something and that, that you could tell. They knew they had something both from the fact we said before, they filmed these back to back. So they probably had a good idea going in. Hey, we're going to do two of these at least, um, cause we know they're going to probably be good. And not only that, after they filmed the first one, even though they hadn't aired it yet and they were filming the second one, they knew they had something on their hands and you could tell by the way they expanded the show already more episodes. We went from six episodes to 11 episodes. The budget clearly was a, a decent bit higher, both from the prize money goes from up to $60,000 was available the previous season. This season, a hundred thousand was on the line between the missions plus 12,000 in two different mini challenges plus brand new cars. They also had two tour buses. No one driving an old beat up Winnebago. God bless you, Bessie. But I'm sure both teams were thrilled to be able to have nice big tour buses this time. They still did have to drive them themselves. I think most of the time, if not almost all of the time. So that was still there. And then the challenges themselves kind of got more extreme and caught definitely had a higher cost to, putting them on, producing them from when, you know, skydiving, flying in the opening episode, flying in on helicopters, just as the entrance of the thing, uh, the bungee jumping off the building, playing football, all of the celebrity cameos. I mean, we ranted and raved last, uh, last podcast on the season two podcast about Kobe Bryant, Reggie Miller being there. Um, and that was still the peak, uh, peak probably ever in the history of the show, cami celebrity cameo, but we had like three or four or five of them on this season. So, they knew they had something. It was expanding. It was getting bigger already. It was getting more money behind it already, more production value behind it, more just, uh, you know, more um, support, I guess, would be the best way already from Buna Murray, MTV, the production, everything behind it was they were clearly knew they had something here. And then what didn't kind of a slight tangent topic of the state of the challenge that we did not discuss with season one or season two, but now are going to add to the mix as we work our way through all of these seasons over the next, you know, few months to the rest of this year is the evolutions of, uh, of the show uh, the state of the challenge. That's what it was going in everything we just said, but now let's quickly, before we get into the actual season itself, let's talk about the few things from the season that, you know, evolved the show. That was the state of challenge going in throughout this season. Then we continue to get evolution. This show, this game, um, always, always, always in every one of its 37 seasons has evolved in many, many ways. This season, we got a bunch of evolutions. It was really, um, while it's kind of static in that season two and season three are, you know, very, very similar in their setup, their format, everything about it. 
that doesn't mean that we didn't get a lot of evolution in this particular season. And I'm guessing without totally remembering exactly that on these early seasons, we're going to continually see big jumps, big jumps, big jumps. And then later in the history of the show, we're going to see more four, five, six season stretches that are a little similar and then an evolution and then an evolution. So this season we had the first season for sure that things really got competitive. That was one of the biggest takeaways of this whole season was the competition was both uh, pretty fierce and very, very strong at times, very close um, at many, many times, many of the challenges, but it also it just the competitive atmosphere was there that really wasn't there in the second season and wasn't there in first season one at all because they weren't competing against each other. They were just trying to complete missions. This one, the it, it got real, real quick. They They definitely, you know, the teams got on each other's nerves. There was, we'll talk about, you know, one team's confident early on, the next team's confident the rest of the way. When teams are losing, they're getting real bitter about it. There's lots of shit being talked. People are getting pissed off about losing. It's just the competitive nature evolved in a big way on this season. Other thing, we got a ton of firsts that would become, unbeknownst to us when watching this, but when doing it through a historical lens like this, we know are things that, for better or worse, became staples of the challenge. For instance, the first episode, first thing they have to do is jump off the tallest building in the city. Not the last time that we will ever see them doing that particular thing at that particular moment of a season. We had an eating challenge for the first time ever. Kind of. It was part, there was a pie eating contest that was very disgusting for a pie eating contest. That and it was also very controversial, as sometimes the eating can be. Um, that was a part of one of the daily challenges. First time we'd ever seen in the series history eating pizza causing problems reoccurring theme throughout the series maybe possibly probably but not caught on tape so didn't end up totally costing anyone our first punch cast to cast ever thrown um and just in general just you know all of these things became staples of the challenge again for better or worse so we had that evolution of adding some new ingredients some new types of moments that would become reoccurring things on their own then we also evolved to the money evolved in a big way where the season before you know the first season it's you win a trip to costa rica that's what you guys are doing this whole thing for and then second season there's 60 grand at play or 50 grand available but it's in the money chamber at the end it's if you get enough time and they didn't even end up getting you know all of that money and then this season is the first time the guaranteed money for each mission um, compared to again the money chamber the season before now it's there's a hundred grand that will be given out to you you might not get all of it at the end because you have to invest it on e-trade which is uh, I don't know when if we'll super dive in deep to the fact that they had to invest their money throughout the season but I think that was an unbelievable wrinkle to this um, it was fascinating to me and I would love uh, to get someone who is on this season maybe a los uh he seemed to be kind of running los and yes kind of seemed to run the investments on um on the road rule side david and cat kind of ran a more uh laid back strategy on the real world side i would love to know what they were investing in and uh we see the returns at the end but i'd love to know what it was but the guaranteed money's bigger that was kind of another evolution of hey, if we're going to keep doing this every season, it's kind of got to be a little bit more, a little bit cooler, a little bit more of a reason. It can't just always be the same amount. So those were the things that kind of evolved. That's where this challenge was at at this time. And that brings us to actually really diving in to this season as a whole. So let's do that now. Let's start 
with just a couple basics, the stats from the season, the break, a real high-level breakdown, and then continuing at that high-level talk about the biggest, broadest storylines that carried throughout the season. The basics first here. You, as previously stated, this started air date in January of 2000, ran through April 2011 episodes long, the longest double, basically as long as the prior two seasons. Only, uh, first time we ever skipped a week. I don't know why, but there was a week skipped at the beginning of April, um, but ended in April 2000. The locations, this was still a road rule style season. Started in Las Vegas. First one to not start in LA, start or end in LA, not be in LA at all. Starts in Vegas, goes over to Nashville and finishes up in Miami with some other little pit stops in smaller, more rural areas of Kentucky, Tennessee, and Florida, but really Vegas, Nashville, Miami were your three big places. Gladys from Road Rules Latin America was Miss Big on this season. She was uh, kind of in between the previous two uh, iterations of Mr. Big where, um, you know, Puck wasn't was only there for one time for 12 seconds. Season two, David was there a bunch of times for a bunch of seconds. And this season, Gladys was right in between. She shows up at the beginning and at the end, each for an extended cameo. So a little bit in between. But Gladys was there as your nominal host, if you will. The format remained the same from the season prior. Two teams, real-world team, road rules team, both of six people. They do 10 missions versus each other. Each mission was worth $10,000. Again, you they then had to win, immediately, upon winning, invest that $10,000 in the stock market. They had to buy stocks with it. They had to put all of their money in the stock market for the remainder of the season, they could buy and sell at any given time, but they had to have all their money in the market at all times and then saw what the return was at the end, either make or make less money of the 10K permission that they were making. So 100K up for grabs. There were two side missions worth $6,000 and then a final day, a final mission that wasn't the final the way we think of a final now, but was just a final mission that instead of being worth $10,000 was worth some cars. So same format, prize money, as we just said, 100K plus two $6,000 mini missions potentially, and the Nissan Xterras that were won at the end. As for your cast, 12 people over on the real world side of things. We had Amaya from Real World Hawaii, David from Real World Seattle, Heather from New York, Kat from London, Mike from Miami, and Tech from Hawaii. So Hawaii, again, two people on there, the only cast members coming from the same show, or actually two two times that that happened on this season, because then on the road rule side, we had Los from First Adventure. We had Dan from Northern Trail. That's Dan Setzler, I believe I pronounced that correctly. We had a couple different Dans come through the challenge world early in, so that's Dan from Northern Trail, Holly from Real Road Rules Latin America, Piggy from Down Under, and Veronica and Yes from Semester at Sea, both. So two different couples, not together, but couples from uh, both came from the same season with two Semester at Seas, two Real World Hawaii's, so pulling from pretty iconic seasons of each show, respectively. That is your cast. As for the quick breakdown of the stats that would uh, eventually come to fruition on this season, which we will then you know talk about some of these things throughout as we go through, but everyone was on all 11 episodes. Uh, no one got kicked off. No one got home, had to go home. No one got replaced. We did get 
one guest appearance from Kefla from season Kefla, excuse me, uh, from season two and from Road Rules, one of the Road Rules season. I apologize, I am forgetting now at this moment, but he became the second person after Beth to make the uh, make a, an appearance on a second season. He was from da- Road Rules Down Under, by the way. So Kefla getting that guest appearance following in Beth's footsteps. Beth was the a guest in season one and then actually contestant on season two. Kefla contestant season two, now making an appearance on season three. So the second person to ever appear on two seasons. But just that one guest spot. And also should quickly be said that if I was Kefla, I would be pretty upset because on his season... There was a guest, and that guest was none other than Cyrus. And Cyrus got to come in and ref a basketball game between Kobe Bryant and Reggie Miller in the Road Rules team. And that's a pretty good day's work when you get to go in and hang out with Reggie and Kobe. Kifla, great that he got the call and gets to do the guest spot. But instead of uh, Reggie and Kobe, he got to go hang out with a bunch of snakes in rural Kentucky. So not quite the same thing, uh, treatment for our guest star there. But Everyone appeared in all 11. Everyone took place in all 11 of the daily challenges. Road Rules won six of the 10 daily challenges plus the final mission. So you could say seven out of 10 we, or seven out of 11. We'll talk more later about whether that, that final is a final, a challenge, what, 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 what we should count it. But that means Real World won four of them. And as far as confessionals go, dominating the season confessional-wise was Piggy. She had 45 Next closest was Holly with 39, which most of those for actually both women, Piggy and Holly, came back half of the season. Front half of the season was dominated by David and Heather, 35 and 34, respectively, and Tech at 31. After that, yes, Veronica, Dan, Mike, all kind of even, and then really it's just uh, Los, and then Amaya way back, and Kat way, way back were the two that really... um, Amaya was, it's kind of odd, 19 confessionals, very present throughout storylines and in the season, but not super a lot of confessionals. Kat was kind of the only of these 12 cast members who really, really, uh, you know, fair, not as it is to say, didn't have a big, big impact on the season. So that's your stats. That's your basics. Now, let's get to the actual storylines of the season, Jelly. I guess we should this would be the appropriate place to say it. Since we discussed the stats and we just said, you know, there was a final mission of some sort. It was worth cars instead of money. And so it's kind of the final mission of it. Well, it's called the final mission of the season. It's not a final the way we think of finals now, but real uh, road rules wins. They already had the most money on the season. Now they have the cars too. They also won the one mini challenge. So they get a lot more money in the end and they are regarded as the winners of this season, a champ, a challenge championship which is similar um, to season two where we've kind of got questions as to does this count as a championship? Uh, Do we say they took part in a final um, or do we just say they won this much money and, you know, they got confessionals and dailies, but stat wise, otherwise this isn't a championship. Uh, We, we decided, or I decided to myself back on season two pod that, uh, that that season counted as a championship um, and so if, if that's the case, this was more, they, they did more, and this was closer to a final final, um, than the previous season was where we counted the money chamber as a final. And this one, they actually had to do a super dangerous skydive. We're going to talk a lot about that, but 
so in that way it counts. The debate is still going about season two. Uh, pretty mixed responses on Instagram. Um, haven't got that up on Reddit, but actually probably in tandem of this might put that up on Reddit this weekend and going into next week. So if you've got strong opinions, season two and now season three, do they count as championships? Should they, should they not? You got a reason you really think why or why not uh, check out that uh, both challenge historian on Instagram and look up challenge historian on the challenge subreddit. And I will try to post something there if you've got strong opinions, but we're counting it as a championship. So congrats to the six road rulers who officially have a challenge championship under their belt. Now to the storylines of the season, there was, there was four dominant storylines that uh, we'll quickly touch on here before getting into more specific details as we head through some awards and age the best and worst and things like that later on. But this season, as far as overarching storylines, what I would say is the biggest for the entire 11-episode run is the dynamic of real world dominating the first three and a half to four episodes and then road rules just taking the souls of the real world team the rest of the way. Real world getting real cocky and confident early on, road rules staying cool, calm, collected, and just snatching those souls right away from them and running away with this thing in the second half. Not just a comeback, but a, a comeback leading to an absolute just slaughter. I mean, they they dominate. I mean, they only they won seven out of eleven, and that's after losing the first three. I mean, they really dominate the second two thirds. This was kind of one third and two thirds dominate the scales turn and it caused real moral like morale up and downs for both teams um it it leads to desperation on the real world team playing pranks to find joy and playing potentially the not just the first but maybe the best ever prank in challenge history to be discussed later so that's kind of storyline number one is the, the overarching one is that for the first three episodes, it's like, oh my God, real world's just, they're dominating everything. They're super happy. They're having so much fun. Road rules is kind of not. And then suddenly out of nowhere, boom, road rules wins one real world gets real down on their luck and all that shit talking goes out the window. And now road rules just keeps winning and winning and winning and winning and winning and real world keeps getting pissed and pissed and sorry and sad and just bummed out and that's that's basically the entire season is just one big teeter-totter from one side to the other and stays there. Next big storyline then that comes up this, the second two-thirds of the season when Road Rules is dominating, the main drama, because they're do so dominant, um, and it's, it's drama in that real world is bummed out the whole time, but it's not dramatic in that the Road Rules just keeps winning and winning and winning. Uh, so all the drama really comes from while Road Rules is winning and winning and winning, they are having some inner turmoil amongst the team. Los is kind of on the outs the whole time with his team. Piggy eventually becomes the kind of brunt of the confrontation. Piggy and Veronica, but mostly Piggy, um, as the one who tries to tries the most to interact with Los to bring him back in, or then gets the most contentious with him over and over and over. Um, so the kind of Los versus Piggy slash wrote entire Road Rules team, Los versus team, that storyline was all season long. It, it flared up early in season in like episode three or four, and it went strong through the very, very end of the season. It was super interesting. It was really genuine. It gave us definitely our most kind of those genuine raw moments that we've talked at length about, about season one and season two. They were still here in this one, but it was really 
difficult. The thing that it, it was good content, not great content, just because it was really hard to tell if we were just not seeing the inflection points of this confrontation in this dust up, or like if we didn't just didn't have all the info, or if as was kind of being told to us by Piggy, Veronica, and the rest about Los was that he was just kind of aloof and distant and non-responsive in a lot of ways, and then there would be an issue, and he, it wasn't communicated well between each side what the actual issue was. Um, you know, race came up multiple times through it. Los at one point gives an interview that says, I'm not a closet racist, I'm an actual straight-up racist. Um, and he and Piggy have some discussions about race and what it means to be black or not, or, you know, from America or not, but we get very little of it. It's referenced a bunch and we don't get to actually hear kind of the, whatever the inflection conversations are. And we only hear the kind of response or the, he said this and I'm, and it really hurt my feelings or she said that, and it made me feel this way, but we don't actually see the stuff. And so it's really hard to know like what exactly is true. Um, you know, is Los just a distant kind of introverted guy who decided early on he didn't didn't really vibe with his team and didn't want to be, you know, really a part of it? Or was there some like bad things said at some point that we just didn't see? Was there certain interactions with the other cast or people out in the world that we didn't see that kind of put Los off to the experience? We don't really know. But, you know, at one point he leaves, he walks away from the bus at one night in the rain. Um, we maybe get our first physical violence cast on cast ever in the history of the show when Piggy Los claims Piggy comes out on her birthday night after they have lost the only challenge they lose in the you know back half of the season and hits him in the face. He brings in production, tells them that this happened. She says it didn't happen, doesn't seem very honest about it. He goes to a hotel for the night. She gets to stay. So we don't know if it happened. It seems like it maybe probably did um, but that storyline really dominated the season. And again, if we could get the, if it seemed like we were missing the meat of the story. And so we, we knew it was there, it was being brought up, but we didn't quite have all the info to go on to make real strong opinions or to kind of, you know, it was their heavy topics they were talking about from time to time. And again, the communication just wasn't great. Um, a lot of times on Los's side, but on both sides. And so it was hard to, we didn't quite, it was kind of like a B plus version of that real genuine raw stuff that it makes the real world, what it is. And, you know, makes the early seasons of these shows still what they are. And we kind of got a slightly watered down or just a, a version of it where for, for better or worse, the cameras missed the parts that maybe gave us a real a real glimpse into being able to have an opinion or really discuss it at length, even though I just did ramble on about this for a long, long time. But again, it was the, one of the biggest stories of the season. Uh, dominated about a six-episode stretch, really, honestly. Six out of 11 episodes is a lot. And entire episode, the eighth episode, it was, it was everything. Uh, eighth and ninth episode. So that one, the third and... And third out of four major long arc season long storylines then is that the star power carried the day in this season. Unlike, you know, season one, there was only only five people in the cast. So, you know, the star power carries it because there's only five of them. They kind of all had to bring it and they did. Hats off to them yet again. Um, but season two, there was 12 people and 
you know, uh, it was a pretty balanced across the board. Different people popped up here and there. It was very, almost everyone kind of got their moments, their episodes, and there wasn't necessarily, while we were able to, you know, name a season MVP, it wasn't, it wasn't a dominant MVP season, and it wasn't a season where, you know, where it was obvious these three or four people carried this or this person carried it for this portion and then this person that. This season was the first time where it was like, all right, our stars – there's going to, we should, every season should have, you know, it's kind of stars of the season and the stars carry it. Every episode doesn't have to try to be even about a bunch of different people, a bunch of different stories. It can focus on someone that's given us the most in that moment. And the stars, absolutely the star power carries the day on this season. Uh, early on, it's Heather and Tech. Uh, Heather and Tech, the first three, four episodes are just absolutely everywhere they are everything these these episodes are absolute gold and it's mostly because of these two individuals they're amazing the quotes the moments everything they're doing their energy everything about it they're they're carrying the show uh, in a big big way early on as are then there's there's a big david versus yes in the early episodes it keeps flaring up kind of once per episode it's like these two are kind of the alphas on either team and they're kind of looked at as their teams is like the ringleader and they they know it. They kind of, you know, yes, especially right away is kind of needling David a little bit clearly once like, hey, that's the guy on the other team I need to be to kind of like play my role on this team. So there's a David versus yes thing. There's an Amaya versus Veronica throughout the season. They continue to have little every, every other episode, basically there would just be the one confessional of still don't like each other still don't like each other, still don't like her, still want to tackle her, still want to hit her, still want to talk shit about her. And so that's going on throughout. And we get kind of our first like legit rivalry um, in the series history. Veronica, yes, and David, all three really in general, just supplied value and were like the absolute great secondary star um, where it's just if if the whoever was carrying those episodes didn't 100% have it, one of those three would kind of pop in with some really, really great support. And then Piggy really carries the later episodes with Los, but the way the storyline worked out, um, it was really a lot of Piggy carrying a storyline that her and her whole team, and especially Los, were a part of, but like she was really doing the carrying of it. Um, and so, you know, early Heather and Tech, Piggy late, David versus Yes, Amaya versus Veronica, just star power was carrying these episodes in a way we hadn't seen before. And then the final overarching storyline was Holly and Dan's non-romance and the lack of romance on this season. We're coming off season two where a 12-person cast saw four different couples form up. That's eight out of 12, two-thirds of the cast getting into little relationships with each other. This season, zero. The only romance we got of any kind was Holly being absolutely head over heels in love, love, love with Dan. And Dan clearly being head over heels in love with Holly possibly too, but having a girlfriend back home of a year and a half and being very respectful about the fact that he could only be best friends with Holly no matter how many times she called him his her soulmate and how he was the best male on the planet and all this other stuff that we will get to later. But their little will they, won't they, good job not doing that, being a respectful person, also amazing. Both of you are just clearly really amazing people, and I'm glad you're really good friends now. Uh, but the lack of romance was a, a, a very, the whole season is like, oh, 
We no one no one on here. We got a lot of good looking people. We got a lot of cool, fun people. They're in the tour buses. Nothing after last season. Nothing's gonna happen on this season. And nothing nothing did. The the next closest thing we got, honestly, was that piggy kind of maybe did get hit on by one of the Bucks players, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers players at the bar after the football mission, but that was it. So those are your overarching stories, your dominating storylines over the course of the entire season. Let's now move into uh, our next category of discussion, and that is what has aged the best from this season, what has aged the worst, and what were, if any, the actual warts on the series carried with this season. Slight change up with this particular topic from what we've done the first two episodes. We're still going to do what aged the best and the worst, but the other thing we're going to do is that in the in the worst category, there's the things that age badly from a standpoint of in kind of a more fun way, if you will, uh, and not in much of a, mm, those are some real like warts on the show as some really, you know, if watching it now feels pretty gross and, you know, watching it then probably should have and probably, you know, more likely didn't for a lot of us. And so we're going to divide this into three age best age worst. And then the actual warts of the show, because, whether whether we want to admit it or not, and sometimes a lot of us out there, myself included, I am very much guilty of this um, fairly often. And part of wanting to do this is wanting to be a li- uh, less guilty of this uh, thing is that this is a reality television program that we absolutely love. And one of the, the wild things about loving this show and any reality show this more or less goes for is that we are rooting for a lot of bad shit to happen when you want to watch, you know, good reality television. We're rooting for people to walk the line of entertaining debauchery very, very well without slipping over to the edge of ugly shit happening. Um, we, you know, we you, you're watching, and you're like, yeah, the drunk fights are, you know, pretty entertaining, but also that's a really hard line to walk before it turns into like that got ugly real quick in any number of different ways. We're rooting for people to be enemies and get talk shit and maybe almost throw a punch. But then when someone actually throws a punch and knocks someone out, it's like, Oh God, I can't believe that I uh, was excited about that. And that when the next season comes around, I want them to put a bunch of rivals together in teams and see what happens, you know? So they're all, they're all walking these lines and, and in the history of a show like this that's been running for 37 seasons and 20-some years, uh, unfortunately, we, we've we got to admit they've had a lot of pretty rough moments over the course. We, you know, as a culture, we've learned a lot uh, every single year as we go on and on. But certainly the last, you know, couple decades, there's been a lot learned. And a lot of those lessons that we've learned have uh, unfortunately played out on television screens, including on the challenge screen and so, you know, we'll, we're going to quickly acknowledge, I might not be the best person in the world to discuss at length uh, why something is particularly bad looking back or why it's a wart or, uh, you know, a real blotch or a stain on the reputation of the show. But we're at least going to give a mention because, uh, unfortunately, it did happen. And we got we to gotta reckon with that uh, as well as applaud the places that the show was rather progressive in how it handled situations or, you know, all the many wonderful things that has provided and done as well. So we're going to talk age the best, age the worst in the actual warts. We're just going to say the actual warts up front from this season. There's really two, um, two, three. Uh, the, 
there's a, an episode where they do a wrestling competition. They have to spin a wheel to see who they wrestle between other cast members or a variety of different possible opponents, some of which are models of the opposite sex and or short people, uh, short wrestlers. Don't know how I 100% feel about uh, the short people wrestling, but definitely know that I didn't feel great uh, watching the guys wrestle the female models. That 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 wasn't great. I don't think they would make that decision again and probably shouldn't have made that decision then. Uh, the other one, there's a homemade bathing suit contest that is can be a lot of fun, but a couple of the themes chosen are a little bit not great on rewatch. And again, we're probably in the moment then. So those were some of the actual warts, along with, again, the whole piggy lose thing is very... Uh, interesting, but we don't. There, there might have been some some pretty bad stuff potentially that is off camera or not seen, and we're just not a hundred percent clear on what did or didn't was said or took place, or you know what beliefs were being held by who. Um, so that was all there. But as for actually what aged the best and then the worst, but in a more fun way, since we're already we already talked about the legitimately bad. Now let's talk about the like. I guess the good way of saying this would be like the production's bad. Like they didn't do, you know, like there was just like, come on, what, what were you thinking? How is, how is this not, you know, how did, how did this just, how did this not happen or something after the fact did not happen? So what aged the worst from this season, two big things aged horribly on rewatch. And that is one, how in the hell did they do the skydiving competition at the end of the season? We'll talk about it a few times probably on this uh so we'll i guess this is the we're talking about why it didn't age well um so we should talk about it here and not later um but they go skydiving that is their final mission and they don't just go skydiving the way in current seasons and in current life in general if you someone who's never skydove before wanted i don't know if skydove is a word but i just said it so we're gonna go with it if you've never done that and you went skydiving you would be strapped to an instructor's body for many, many, many jumps. Even if you were someone who's like, I want to learn to skydive to do it on my own. Guess what? You got to do a lot of training and a lot of jumps with other people before you get to jump by yourself. Not here in the year 2000. I'm not an expert, but I'm pretty sure it legitimately is illegal now uh, for like your first jump ever <laughs> to be solo. They had to jump out of the thing with, with instructors who held on to them in just literally with their hands in the air until they got ready to launch their parachute and then told them, Hey, pull your parachute. And when they pulled it, they're on their own and they got to go down from there on their own and they got to land on their own. And the landing part is the really hard and dangerous part, not just the pulling your parachute, the parrot pulling your parachute. Yes, it can, uh, there's some difficulties and there's obviously safety concerns from, you know, plane to parachute deployment, but parachute deployment to the ground is extremely difficult too. And not something you should do on your own. They do it on their own. It, as somehow they only get out of here with two people getting injured, one getting sent to the hospital, poor Maya concussion, probably broken ankle, um, could have been way worse. Yes, we don't know how messed up he was. He plays it off like he's fine, but then admits like pretty shaken up over it. His, his whole hand is like bleeding. Um, he looked pretty bumped and bruised and just real bad as well. So the illegal skydiving, looking back, doesn't age well. Probably, probably shouldn't have done that for the finale. The other one, not bringing Heather or Tech back ever. They was their only season for Heather and Tech. Obviously, now thankfully, Tech has come back into our lives in a big way with multiple seasons of All Stars. But uh, two people who are going to be in the running for MVP of the season, uh, never bring them back. Doesn't age very well. But as for what does, 
couple things, four things aged incredibly well looking back on this season. And speaking of tech, tech being an absolute superstar aged amazingly from there to now. It aged horribly that they didn't put him back on another show for 20 years, but him being an absolute superstar, which in this season he is. Every There's a live audience for nearly every single one of their daily missions, and every single one of them chants his name. He eats it up. He plays in the crowd. He's just he's an absolute star in every sense of the word. That ages really, really well. Other people that age really, really well, uh, Queen V, Veronica, uh, rookie season. Obviously, rookie season for everyone on this season, but as far as people that would go on to do multiple seasons of the show, Veronica goes on to do 11 plus maybe some more. Um, hopefully some more always would love some more Veronica on my television screen. Um, but wonderful rookie season for her and really just sets up, uh, the fact that just kind of everything that she would, uh, go on the arc, she would go on to have and kind of the role and the archetype she would play a little bit in the show. Just a wonderful, uh, season from Veronica that ages really, really well with where she would go in her hall of fame challenge career. Also, David and Dan both would go on to do three seasons. Both have a high impact, high value in those three seasons. David, uh, one of my personal all-time favorites as far as people that are just from either early seasons or kind of only a couple seasons, not mentioned often. I absolutely love David. Uh, he's he's so great on all three seasons and um, is almost pulls off the perfect challenge record this season, obviously, there's no eliminations. He's on every single episode. His ne- In his three full seasons, he is on every single possible episode except for one. He gets eliminated right before the final. In one other season, he makes the final in another. So he almost has a perfect record in challenges as far as making every single episode possible. So those age really well. Queen V, David, Dan. Live audiences uh, aged amazingly. Uh, I know it's impossible today. We said it was season two. We'll say it again with this season. If there's any way, if there's any possible way, it's so cool this whole season. Every time they have a daily mission, it's like a part of some actual festival where there's a thousand fucking screaming people there and they know what the real world and road rules are and they're hyped to see these people and they're chanting Tech's name. They pull up in the buses and they announce them and they come off like they're an actual sports team. It's amazing. I would pay so much money to go to anything. You tell me uh, down the street at Second City here in Chicago, they they there's a road rules, real world, or the challenge. They have to put on a skit. I'll pay whatever you want to come to this probably horrific skit just to come watch a challenge daily mission. Live audiences aged great. And final thing that aged really well is the physicality. The physicality definitely increases on this season. They play football. It's supposed to be uh, flag football. It ends up being tackle football a couple times. They do actual straight-up wrestling matches in a wrestling ring versus each other. And the physicality in general the whole time is higher or is there for the first time uh, ever in the series history. And really not remembering these early seasons that well, going back and starting them over again, I did not expect that. I had forgotten and I did not expect that part of the show to come into play so soon. So that's what aged the best, the worst, and the few warts that came with this season. Let's now move into the final, the main, the big topic of the day, and that is our awards. We've got awards for the best quote, the best daily challenge, the best moment, the best episode, and a season MVP to hand out as well as our final season grade. So let's pause briefly and dive on into those awards now. 
On to our awards for this wonderful, wonderful season. If we haven't said it out right yet, love this season of the show. This will not. This is the first rewatch of this season, honestly, in a super, super maybe ever. Um, I still, after watching it, was like, I, I'm pretty sure I've seen it before. Um, but this and season four were the two seasons I knew even though I didn't see them in the moment because I was too young. I mean, ten, in 2000, I was 10 years old, so I didn't watch this live when it when it came out. But with seasons one and two, I was like, I know I watched these a few years later as an early teen. I don't remember how or where, but I, I knew I had remembered certain moments as they happened. I was like, I remember that. This was the, this season I didn't necessarily feel that way and hasn't, you know, still isn't publicly available. Paramount Plus, I don't know why you haven't, you know, why Viacom, Buna Murray, Paramount, whoever you want to ask, why seasons one through nine aren't available in good, high, higher quality video, um, but they should be. And this was the season I hadn't, I didn't, I probably remember the least about tied with season four, which will obviously come next because season three, then season four, that's how you count. But love, 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 love this season of the challenge. So let's hand out some awards for this wonderful season, shall we? Stop babbling on and actually get to one of the awards. And that would be the best quote of the season. And uh, slightly light on the quotes this season. And I think that's just going to be a theme in the early seasons until we get to one. There's a there's less confessionals, in, especially with shorter episodes and shorter amounts of episodes, but also just less confessionals in general and less of while well, the competitive nature really kicked up on this season. Um, some of the quotes of the year come from that competitive nature. It's still the later we go in the more recent seasons, we have way more of it's just a thing that in the confessionals you try to say witty quippy things you try to talk some shit the competition comes out this that and the other but still had four nominees for the best quote three of which came from piggy so uh spoiler she's gonna win i don't know for which one but episode three piggy speaking on amaya who in the first three episodes when real world is just winning and winning and winning for a moment they're super confident none more so than amaya who constantly talks shit and has an amazing amazing hypocritical i I guess it's hypocritical, even the right word. Ironic moment is the proper word where she's super smug and confident for mission after mission after mission. The moment that Road Rules wins one, uh, after they're, they're just calm about it. They're like, okay, good. We finally won. Good for us. High fives, couple hugs. And in the bus afterwards, Amaya is like, I just couldn't take their smug faces. And, you know, oh, they won. Good, good for them or whatever. They're so smug about it. They're so arrogant about it. And it's like, um think you're talking about yourself the last few episodes there but anyways piggy to amaya after the snake wrangling competition wants amaya to know the first one that road rules gets the win on thanks to kifla bringing in the secret uh road rules weapon which is the skull and horns from the front of the road rules winnebago as good luck for them she lets piggy know where she can take that snake and stick it so let's hear that from piggy what I've noticed is that the real world is such bad losers. Whew, I think there's definitely a sense of relief that we've uh, won $10,000 each dollars. It was due time. If Amaya starts talking one more time, like we won, but we didn't really win because like Amaya's cool and we all we were cheating. We have better looking snakes. We were just sick of losing. We were just sick and tired of it. We did not want to have real world be talking anymore. So she can go stick a snake up her ass for like that. Then comes tech. <laughs> Episode six. The mud football episode. 
Tech lets us know that he has been working on becoming a real man recently and uh, that this is uh, this playing football with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is really going to help him in that pursuit. And let's let him explain uh, what at this time in life, trying to be a real man, quote unquote, he is a little tongue in cheek about it, uh, means to him at this time. One of the criteria of being a real man is uh, you have to like sports, you know. I've always liked sports, I've always liked chicks, and I've just recently gotten into liking beer. So I'm working on becoming a real man. Also in episode six, then our third nominee, Piggy again. Again, she got three of the four here. Uh, Also about football, Piggy uh, from Australia. And uh, in Australia, they play rugby. And it seems uh, it seems known to most Americans, probably uh, those at least aware of football and rugby, uh, that rugby players maybe have a certain opinion of uh, American football players. And Piggy definitely holds that opinion. So let's let her explain what she thinks of football and football players. American football is a game for girls. It's rugby for men who really feel they might get hurt. So they put loads of pads on. Editor's note, they do not wear pads in this particular episode, and maybe they should based on one of the particular tackles that Amaya delivers to Veronica, or should I say chokehold, chokeslams, that she delivers. Fourth and final nominee for quote of the year goes to Piggy as well. A nicer one. Uh, and later in the season, we, we mentioned earlier, the Los versus Piggy, Los versus whole team uh, is you know a real driving storyline over the second half, really the whole season, but the second half especially. And... There's a moment after they have to spend 48 hours in a bare room together for one of the challenges where instead of coming further apart, they actually come together and they forgive each other and they and they move on and they have a positive relationship from that point out. And in a nice moment, Piggy explains that that's just what humans do. They forgive. So let's hear that from her. The most positive thing about the 48 hours is that I have allowed myself to forgive Piggy. We forgive and forget over and over and over and over again. That's kind of your job as a human being. So with that, those those are your four nominees. There was a bunch of others that maybe could have been nominated, but they all kind of felt in the same ballpark where it was like, if we nominate more than these four, we're going to nominate freaking 13. And so we kept it a little shorter. It's got to go to Piggy, obviously. <laughs> um, and we're going to have to give it to, we find the found the football commentary about uh, sport for those who you know need pads versus the the tough people in Australia that don't need any of that that play rugby, so we're gonna give it to her for that and really for all of her quotes throughout the season with respect to Tech, who had many many a good quote that we could have popped into this category. So Piggy wins the first award. Now on to the best daily challenge of this season, and this one we got two honorable mentions and then a second place and a uh, and a first a winner if you will. That's what first place is called, the winner. Uh, The honorable mentions go to episodes two and three, the Demo Derby and the Wheel of Wrestling. The Demolition Derby is badass for sure. They do an actual Demolition Derby. It's legit. Heavy hits. Uh, Tech starts a paint war beforehand just with their super soakers full of paint, um, which is hilarious and awesome as well. It's the first of many times where Tech is getting chants from the crowds. He strips down and gives people his pants and his shirt afterwards and all this stuff. Uh, the demo derby is amazing. It's great. The wheel of wrestling. Again, there are a couple moments that aren't so great on rewatch when, you know, like Mike has to 
wrestled the like 80 pound female model. Not great. Um, but there's a lot of fun in it. There's some real good matchups. The Lowe's versus tech wrestling is great. David versus yes is amazing. Um, Veronica versus Maya is amazing. Uh, that, that one, they're both honorable mentions. They're really, really good. Uh, Vern Troyer celeb cameo in the wheel of wrestling. Loved that second place. Best daily challenge of the year, though. The, the runner-up would be in mud football. We get the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We got Warren Sapp. We got Derek Brooks. We got some other unnamed, I guess, not good enough to get their, their name across the screen at any moment. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, one of which eventually hits on Piggy in the bar. Uh, they're there being the coaches, not playing this time. Thank goodness, unlike with basketball last season where you could have people play without hurting the, the, you know, the pros, hurting the Joes. This time around, Warren Sapp gets to play versus these guys. We're going to have some people going to the hospital. So thankfully, they're just the coaches. They're not playing. The The, the football game is great. Again, crowd. The, every, every one of these has a big crowd, which is a great factor at all times. And the mud football games are great. But the winner, the best daily challenge of the season, far and away, is the Redneck Games, which consists of four different competitions. There is a, you have catching greased up pigs, which as we said, when the last season recap, we will say again, human beings trying to catch farm animals, always hilarious. We saw it twice this season. Again, when the, in the mini challenge, when they have try to catch a cow to kiss on the face and literally can't do it, neither team for hours on end. Um, and that's game number one. Then there's a pie eating contest, huge controversy in the pie eating contest, absolute legitimate real world should still be pissed to this day about the controversy in the pie eating contest and how the pies were counted in the strategy from coach L bow. That's not E L B O W. That is L dash B O W L bow. The greatest coach in pie eating contest history for your information. Then there was the, uh, bobbing for pig's feet and the iconic mud pit belly flop contest. Those four games made up the redneck games took up basically the entirety of that episode and were amazing. There's like a couple thousand people cheering on, uh, hotly contested controversy abounds. Amaya can't, you know, it's against her religion to get the, the pig's feet. So there's all this turmoil with her team. There's the the Heather threatening the judges with, over the pie eating, how they judged it, how they counted it, going up on the stage, stopping the guy from talking to the crowd, being like, I want to know how this was counted. I want someone to explain to me how we just lost because we did not lose. We won, which, again, she was right very clearly. <laughs> she and their team were correct. They got fucked on that. And then the mud pit belly flop, just amazing, everything about it. Absolutely amazing. If you want to see some of those belly flops into the mud, challenge the story on Instagram. Those were a part of our highlights and recap for that particular episode. So the winner of the best daily challenge of the season. And honestly, I think, I believe, let me pull up in real time here my uh, my quick stat collection. I believe the highest ranked daily challenge of the entire series thus far Tied with Roller Derby, episode or episode one of season two. So Redneck Games really raising the bar and getting it back up to the highest possible level there for a daily challenge. Now we're on to the three, the three big big awards. Um, for me, the the three, the you know the kind of big three. The way you know the Oscars have you know movie of the year, director of the year, best actress and actor. Um, this one in the, in the challenge world, we got the best moment, the best episode in the season MVP and best moment. We've got a lot of nominees here. So we will run through them as quickly as we can. Quick commentary on each 
and we will we'll run through them in order of how they took place or chronologically, if you will. Episode one, tech going out in Vegas and showing up late to the challenge the next day. Literally day one, they meet, they got a bungee jump off the stratosphere tower. It gets too windy. They have to stop it halfway through. They're like, come back tomorrow morning at nine and we'll finish this. Everyone's like, hey, it's day one. We're going to chill. We're going to get to know each other a little bit. Tech's like, yo, we're in Las Vegas. I'm going out. I don't, I don't know about you. I'm going out. He clearly has friends there because we see him hop in the back of a convertible with three other people and roll away. He goes out for a wonderful night on the town. He does not come back that night. He does not come back the next morning. The team has to go to the stratosphere without him. He shows up there just in time to complete it. Heather comes up to him, threatens him with her shoe, tackles him to the ground, holds him down, and tells him he better not do that shit again. It's all amazing. Tech going out in Vegas, moment number one. Moment number two, episode two, the cameo, Roy Jones Jr. showing up and tricking and totally convincing David and the whole cast that someone has to actually go in the ring and box Roy Jones Jr. for a couple minutes to get their next clue, which they then all make David as the sacrificial lamb. They allow him to get ready, to get the wraps on, to get the gear on, everything, build up. There's an audience there. There's a ring in the middle of this mall. He thinks he's about to literally get killed by Roy Jones Jr., and at the end, last second, they pull out the Rock'em Sock'em boxing little table board game type thing. Uh, thankfully, they do not let Roy Jones Jr. kill David because that's what would have literally happened probably. Um, so that cameo, wonderful moment. And also shout out to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and to Sister Hazel, the band. They sing on stage with Sister Hazel, their hit song later in the season. So all the celebrity cameos, really best moment. Number two nominee. Number three, also in episode two, personal favorite moment of mine. Always has been my personal favorite uh, when it comes up on Reddit or social media somewhere of just weird, off-the-wall, random favorite things from the history of the challenge. One of mine has always been the Don't Smoke Mini Challenge on this season. They come in in episode two. They get a little a clue that says there's a mini challenge. $6,000 will be awarded to any team that goes the rest of the season without smoking any cigarettes. And this is a direct shot at David and Piggy because both teams, everyone seems to be willing to have a cigarette if someone else is potentially in a very, very casual style. But David and Piggy, and Piggy especially, are smokers. They they smoke a lot. Piggy, you know, is putting down a healthy amount of cigarettes every single day. And so when they get this, it's like, what? Come on. Like, this is this is a personal challenge to those two. Both of them fail. Both of them fail nearly instantly. They don't even actually really try, which, um, you know, for for what it is, is very, very difficult. Someone, if they're, you know, smoking addicts and they're smoking every day, to just be told you have to stop right now, like they're, it's going to be bad, there's going to be withdrawal. And this was unexpected that they were going to, not expected that they would actually be able to do this. But David just right away is like, uh, I'll try, guys, but... uh probably not going to happen. And by probably not going to happen, I mean, I'm going to have a cigarette here in about an hour or so. So not going to happen. Count that one out. Piggy at least is like, oh, I don't know, this is bullshit. And like, she's very upset about it. She lets them know that she'll think it over. She won't smoke until she decides if she wants to. But then she goes to the bathroom and tries to hide and smoke. Heather catches her, brings the camera man in, catches her. She runs into the stall. Heather brings the camera into the stall over the edge and catches her smoking. It's a whole thing. But the don't, don't smoke mini challenge and the fallout of it. Great moment. 
uh, in television history and just funny all around. That's your third nominee. Fourth nominee, yes, flipping and body slamming David in a match that David would ultimately get to a draw and win that the second to last time that Real World would win a daily challenge. But yes, the act who has a wrest had a wrestling background. Um, was teaching the rest of his team to wrestle. He, him versus David was the the marquee match of the wrestling daily challenge. And yes, literally picks up, flips over, and body slams David at one point. It's just unbelievable. Um, so again, the physicality it, uh, it 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 came to be in this season of the challenge. That is another moment of the year nominee. Next one is the Mud Pit Belly Flop Contest. Again, we talked about it earlier with the best daily challenge by far was the Redneck Games. The best part of that was the Mud Pit Belly Flop Contest. Shout out Veronica, who went first, and I still think had the best possible belly flop. Somehow didn't get a perfect score. Tech, David, yes. Dan, Dan I think, all then got perfect scores after that. Um, everything about it's amazing. Loved every single moment of it. Again, if you want to see some of those belly flops, challenges story on Instagram, um, if the depending when you're listening to this, it'll always be up there. There's a highlight reel of all of the recaps and clips from the season right on the profile page. So check that out. Next, two more nominees, three more nominees actually for moment of the year. So we that's five of them. Two, three more. The prank mini challenge, episode eight. It, real world's down on their luck. They're they're just feeling horrible, and they decide. The only way to get some joy back in their lives is if they completely and utterly fuck with the other team to the tune of creating and pulling off a prank mini challenge that the other team falls for and ends up wasting their entire free off night in South Beach, Miami, doing this random, silly, stupid, made up for nothing mini challenge. The way it worked Previously in this season, they'd had a real mini challenge where they got a piece of paper and it had a list of like, there's here's eight possible things you could do. They're all silly, random, weird public things. You've got to complete four of them and first to do it, win six grand. Road Rules got it done first. They won six grand. Honestly, that challenge itself could have been a nominee for moment of the year. It was wonderful. This one, though, uh, even better because it's fake. Real World decides, let's prank them. Let's make up a mini challenge just like the one we had before. Let's make a list of 10 ridiculous things and say they have to do six of them. So they write this out. They come up with all these ridiculous things like getting you have to bury the entire team in the sand on the beach. Uh, give a, an over 60-year-old male a pedicure. Do makeup on someone, a random stranger in Sephora. Take pictures of two people doing naked jumping jacks. Um, the list goes on and on a bunch of weird, random shit, steal a sign for uh, about, uh, 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 Ricky Martin's favorite restaurant. The sign that says it's Ricky Martin's favorite restaurant in Miami, all kinds of weird shit. And once they got this list, Mike throws out, Hey, I've got a friend here in Miami that works at a magazine, uh, works for a magazine. We could go to their office and I bet they could print a really legit version of this. They go there, they print an exact replica of the previous version. They put it in a folder. They, they pay off some stranger to go to the road rules team hotel room, hand it to them and say, Hey, this is your new, your, your new mini challenge. Here's the details. Here's your clue. They buy it hook, line and sinker. They then spend, it's like 5 PM on again, their one off night to do whatever they want in South beach, Miami, amazing place to have an off night and just go have a bunch of fun as minor celebrities. And instead they decide we've got to do this. They spend their whole night doing it. It causes a huge rift amongst the team. And the next morning, real world breaks the news that, Hey, you don't win anything. You wasted all your time. 
It was all a prank. It's all amazing. The whole thing's amazing. The whole episode's amazing. So that is the whole thing in general is uh, as a moment of the year nominee. Final thing, the skydiving. We talked about it before. It's horrifying, and the horrifying nature of it is why it's so riveting because going in, um, I, you just, I just knew on rewatch, you're like, this is not okay. I, it's, it's, someone's going to die. I guess someone doesn't die because the show goes on for 37 seasons, but like, what are they doing? How can they allow this happen? And of course, multiple people do get injured one pretty severely. It is the whole thing is it's edge of your seat riveting, but also, you know, Veronica and Dan hit in the hundreds. They win the car, they win the season, the whole thing. It's just all, all of it is riveting television, um, but also horrifying television at multiple moments. So that is that. And then the final nominee kind of as a just group nominee is just every time tech more or less is on the screen, but every time he finds himself in front of a crowd or dressed in drag, cleaning car windshields or stuck in a room for 48 seconds out of 48 hours and going crazy or jumping naked into a pool, because of course he did. Tech in general, a bunch of moments of his could have been nominated. But those are your seven, eight nominees plus of best moment of the year. But in tandem with the best daily challenge, we've got to give the moment of the year. Honestly, if I could, if I only got to rewatch one moment or one segment of one episode of this wonderful, wonderful season with a bunch of amazing moments in it, it would honestly be the mud pit belly flop contest. It's just so wholesome and fun and funny and it's part of the competition, but they're all having such a great time with it. There's a live audience there. Everything about it's just fantastic. Grade A content. Um, and coming from the best daily challenge of the season and what, honestly, spoiler, next award is best episode. And guess what? It is episode five, the Redneck Games episode. We'll just say that right outright. They're, they're, that episode sweeps best daily challenge, best moment, best episode is the Redneck Games. It's so much fun. Um, it is basically the entire episode is that and the little bit before and after or quality television as well. Second place, best episode is episode four, the snake wrangling episode where Keefla shows up. Um, honorable mention, episode two, the Demolo Derby episode, episode three, Wheel of Wrestling, and episode eight, Sweet Revenge, which again is the prank episode with the prank mini challenge. Um, those are kind of the five best of the 11 uh, but Redneck Games is the winner of the the prestigious award of best episode of the season and should be said is to date the best episode of the series. Nope, tied. We've got it tied right now as an, an absolute A with episode two of the second season, which is the... The saga of Bessie, the Winnebago, the episode title Bed Sores, but the, the saga of Bessie um, was also an A. So tied for the greatest episode in series history to this point, the Redneck Games episode of this season, the best of the season, the award winner. And that brings us to the big award, the real big one, the third ever. Well, I guess not technically. Um, I have given season MVP awards to All-Stars 2, Spies, Lies, and Allies, and All-Stars 1, but chronologically, the third ever season MVP, the cast member MVP award. We've got three honorable mentions and then a third, second, and first place. Honorable mention, yes, Veronica and David, all very good seasons. Um, Glad that all three of these came back and had multiple more seasons of the show. Um, Glad that 
yes, has come back on All-Stars and got that win. Shout out to him, the first All-Stars win. Queen V, not a lot more can be said about how amazing she is and how big of a crush I have on her in this particular season and through all of her seasons and still pretty much now today. Same goes for David. Uh, just absolutely love him, as I said before. So yes, Veronica, David, honorable mention for the MVP. They were on the ballots, but they could have cracked the top three even if I really did want to just give it to Veronica just because I love Veronica so much. But we had to we had to be a, a little more objective about it. So your third place on the ballot for MVP was Piggy, a late season run for Piggy that really, uh, this was a very tight race. Um, un, similar to season two where we had a super duper tight MVP race, but it was because there was kind of a lot of like B plus A minus performances, but not that like standout A plus. This season, the top three all have a very, very strong argument to be the MVP of the season. And in many other seasons would just be the runaway MVP, but there was stiff competition this year. Piggy comes in third place. She carried large parts of the back half of the season, as we've discussed with her and Los and those issues. And, you know, just kind of standing in for her team as the Los first, the road rules team issues uh, ebbed and flowed. She carried the, had the most confessionals as discussed, carried the quotes, um, was a big narrator of the season, always had something good to say, and had a really, really interesting and nice to watch arc of her self-esteem being built up. We learned earlier on, you know, she's kind of in these this abusive relationship and it's not the first that she's been in where she is this wonderful person and everyone loves her, but she doesn't, she just kind of has that habit of picking the people that put her down to be in relationships with. And we see her literally more or less break that off over the phone early on. And then over the season, have her esteem built up, built up her valuing herself a little more, some character growth. Just the whole, the, her whole arc is great. She carries the confessionals. She carries large parts of the storyline, the back half of the season. So she has a very strong MVP case, but she gets third place. She can't crack the top two because the top two both came in hot, stayed hot all season long, threw up 50-point games here this season, time after time. It was really tough to pick between the two, but we, we had to. And uh, there may be a little bit of recency bias with this uh, because one of these two people came back into our lives rather recently and the other sadly has not, but I'm really hoping to. So second place is our girl, Heather. Heather is a force of nature on this season. Love me some Heather. Please, please, please. You made the huge mistake of never bringing her back, and we always put the caveat of maybe she didn't want to come back, but she seems like the competitive type that would have wanted to do this again, potentially. But if you're out there, Heather, go ahead and give uh, give uh, Buna Murray, give Mark Long a uh, DM, maybe slide Mark Long's DMs, let him know. Hey, get me on that all-star show if you uh, ain't too busy. Hopefully you have living a wonderful, wonderful life now. But uh, she's just amazing, and I want to see her on all-stars so, so bad. Um, from the first episode, threatening tech with the shoe in a very, very fun way. It was not a, not a malicious way in any way, just amazing scene. Um, threatening the judge, slightly malicious way in the pie eating contest. Her Halloween costume story in the, is the best part by far of the episode, uh, where they have to make the homemade costume, uh, swimsuit costume. She tells this long story before and after about uh, how scarred she is about wearing costumes from this horrible moment she had in grade school. Her t- her energy throughout the entire time, she's very, very intense. She wants to win. She's competitive. She's kind of the leader of the team, and she's just always got something to say, 
always, you know, always bring in that fierceness, that ferocity, and everything about it is wonderful. You know, even competitive to the point of not going to let Piggy smoke a cigarette in the bathroom two hours into this contest that everyone knows is going to be lost somewhere along the line. She's like, nope, I want it to end right now. I'm dragging this cameraman into the bathroom and getting her everything Heather does this season. She's She just kicks absolute ass all the way to a second-place MVP, but in a, the tightest of races, back and forth, many first-place balance went to both, but just sneaking it out. Our MVP of Season 3, Real World Road Rules Challenge 2000, has to be Tech Money. Tech Homes, what can we say that uh, that isn't just listing all of the positive attributes uh, or all the positive adjectives in the world? Um, literally everything he does is perfect in this season. There is This is such an instructive thing for people nowadays watching all stars myself very very much among them i have podcasts to uh show the evidence of you know they the the new version of all stars they bring a lot of people on that maybe you know haven't been on in a long long time and maybe only did one two or three seasons and they brought like a decent amount of people that have only ever done one season and for those of us who maybe don't remember those seasons like again myself talking calling out mostly me here, uh, but I know I wasn't alone in this, in the challenge community. This season, watching Tech on this lone season that he did of the challenge is a testament to why the format of All-Stars is open to not just people who won a bunch of seasons or who did a bunch of seasons of the show, but just actual people who were All-Stars, whether it was in one season or in 10. And Tech in this season is beyond an All-Star. He is an MVP. He is literally, this is one of the best MVP performances I can think of um especially for an early season that doesn't have like a true championship he doesn't actually win this season and so i think there's going to be there there's not going to be too many seasons there's a good amount of seasons where the person who wins or one of the people who wins is not the mvp but a lot of them are the people who win ultimately kind of are the mvp as well this one it's it's tech all the way from you know the box when david thinks he has to box Roy Jones and Tech talking him up, hyping him up as the great white hope to loot Tech losing it at when they revealed the prank to Road Rules and just laughing his ass off and falling on the ground to him having the camcorder everywhere he goes. I would love to see his footage on his camcorder of everything from this season, whatever home videos he has of it to, of course, Tech jumped naked into a pool on this season. He can't do a season of television, not jump naked into a pool. It was actually a part of one of the many challenges to his credit. Um, being a crowd pleaser, again, every crowd they witnessed, chanting his name, taking his clothes off, giving them to fans, hugging fans after the mud pit jump, all of that. He bonds with everyone's. He likes everyone's. He learns from everyone's. He provides great commentary throughout. Goes out in Vegas. He gives us 45 seconds into the isolation challenge. Heather, of all people, Heather has to be like, yo, Tech, calm the fuck down. He's, he starts jumping off walls just to be funny. Um, he's a drag queen extraordinaire, wiping uh, car windshields during that portion of the mini challenge. He has the one long deep bomb catch during the football game. I could go on and on and on. He's just perfect all the way through the season. He is the definition of an all-star and the definition of an MVP. So Tech Money is our third ever MVP of this season of Real World Road Rules Challenge 2000. With that, let's transition to our final topic of the day. We've handed out all the awards. The final thing we've got to do 
is give this season its grade, cement, cement it in the pantheon of challenge seasons, old and new. So let's go ahead and do that now. It is now time to put this season where it belongs in the annals of history. Where does it rank among all seasons of the challenge for all time? Well, to date, this is the third season of the show, and it is officially so far out of the three, the highest rated season of all time at the moment, out of three seasons, of course. We will see where it ends up by the end, but running through the numbers here quick on it, or the grades here quick on it. So same as we've done the last two seasons, I give an overall grade, uh, letter grade to the season, but I base it off of four subgrades for the female cast, the male cast, the sport portion of the show, and the show portion of the show. Since the show itself splits itself, you know, always equal male, female, and there's always some sort of within the format divide between the two or, you know, joint between the two. We split that up and grade the cast in two different halves. And then the two pillars of the show, the sport and the show, the reality show and the the competition portion of it, each get their own grade. So starting with the female cast, the best part of the entire season is the female cast. It's an A minus grade on that one. All of them really, I mean, with the exception of Kat, who again, doesn't doesn't really bring a ton to the table in the season. It's kind of the only cast member that isn't isn't very involved at any point. Um, you could say that for a few of the guys as well, but the, they at least have a bunch of confessionals that make them at least we we see them every episode. But outside of her, the other the other five women all provide ton of value. I mean, again, Heather was you know runner up in the MVP in in a lot of people's mind if they rewatched this would be the MVP same with Piggy both of them were you know MVP caliber seasons they just got second and third but amazing Veronica amazing Amaya her and Veronica's whole entire thing is amazing Holly and her whole story with Dan and just uh the Holly uh, the the opinion I I didn't I, I didn't share earlier and that I'm going to wait to fully uh, I'm going to let this opinion, it's kind of half-baked through one season of Holly. I know she's on two more uh, coming up down the line, but Sarah Rice before Sarah Rice is kind of the the workshopping opinion right now of Holly, but she brings a ton. So all, all the women on the show, the female cast is fantastic all the way through. So A- minus there. Male cast, a little bit lower. A B, still very good grade. Um, still bringing value, still good, uh, above average to good. Um, with tech obviously being the the leader of that, David bringing a lot, yes, bringing a lot, and Dan. There's a lot of untapped potential in Dan. He might be too nice and too good, too good of a person, and just too wonderful of a person, maybe for reality television or the challenge. We'll see with his next couple seasons coming up at some point. Los is a lot, a big part of the storylines, but again, it's kind of it's kind of weird and awkward throughout, and it might be meant to be, but uh, it's you know another a different version of the the outcast the one that brings a lot of attention to the table might be higher rated or lower rated um but overall the male cast uh, gets a b the sport the sport the sport the sport grade the sport grade of things on the sport half again, the competition kicks up a notch um is really there for the first time in series history they do some physical stuff they do some batshit crazy dangerous shit they do some super duper silly stuff 
uh, and a lot of things in between. So the sport grade gets a B, and then the show grade gets a B plus. There's a lot of great content throughout this, and a lot of that content comes within the daily challenges. This is one of the seasons that another kind of historical thing to note is that I would say about 60 plus percent, 60 to 70 percent of the showtime across all 11 episodes is the the missions themselves, but there's a lot of show elements within those missions that grade out really, really well. And then anything outside the missions is a lot of really, really good content. So B plus there. So female cast A minus, male cast B, sport grade B, show grade B plus for an overall B plus and officially the highest ranked of the first three seasons, the highest ranked in the moment. Back in 2000, this was the best ever season of the show. And at a B plus, um, there are, without a doubt, there's going to be a few a few seasons that earn that A range, an A minus, an A, maybe even an A plus. I don't know. We'll see. But I'm sure there'll be a few up there. But a B plus, like, it puts it in, it puts it a good a good ways up there. It sets a, a good bar of this is what a really high quality season of the challenge looks like. Uh, season two came in at a B, and you know it set the bar itself. And was great. And this one, uh, mildly, marginally better in a couple different ways. And also just the length of it adds something, too, to be able to sustain. It has the, the run of episodes one through five. Uh, the back half of the season gets a little tougher. Lower episode-by-episode episode grades with a, an occasional bright moment here, like episode eight, the prank challenge and whatnot. But the first five episodes, there's a run of like a B-plus, B-plus, A-minus, B-plus uh, stretch that is just unbelievable. So... An overall B plus, the highest rated season thus far. We'll see how long it holds down that spot as we do move forward and continue the 2022 Challenge Series rewatch. We will be moving to uh, uh, episode season number four, Extreme Challenge, next week. I did not share any programming notes up top, but I will quickly do them here to close out this podcast Multiple seasons in a week just is not going to be possible. That was always our hope. It, it clearly didn't happen in the first week like we thought. It, it definitely didn't happen this week. So from now on, uh, we will share this on the Instagram as well. But we are going to do one episode a week so that we can devote the entire week worth of content to that particular season. These podcasts will be coming out every single Friday morning then. So starting on a Monday of a week, we will start pouring out the episode recaps and content and clips on Twitter at Jacob Hollaball or on Instagram at Challenge Historian. All the way Monday through Thursday, those will be coming out. And then Friday morning, first thing, we're going to have the season recap podcast coming out. So one season per week. Hoping to have some guest cast members, guest podcasters in to discuss some of their favorite seasons or seasons they were on as we work our way through this. That will likely be later on, a couple months down the line, once we get through these first nine seasons where, uh, you know, the availability to rewatch is a little bit tougher and a little bit longer ago, a little less in the in the uh, in the challenge universe cast members and whatnot. But some guests will be coming. Some more seasons will be coming. One per week. Um, that was the new goal, the new setup, and I think is finally the one that is going to uh, work with my life and uh, be with my capabilities of being able to get these out. So thank you so much for listening. Hit that follow or subscribe button. Check back for season four next Friday and every Friday after that for the next 30 plus odd weeks. We'll be covering every single season and then once the new seasons of all stars or the CBS challenge, or hopefully season 38 of MTV's the challenge 
ever come back, we will be recapping those and doing our regular kind of mini challenge news pods as well. So a lot, lot coming on this feed. Thank you so much for being here. I love each and every one of you. I appreciate each and every one of you. I will talk to you all again next week when we dive into season four. Until then, peace. Peace.